Final thoughts, final thoughts, final thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, fellas, fellas. Your boy Sal coming here with the final thoughts. A brand new, slick, fresh haircut. We're feeling good about ourselves. We're feeling very nice. And what better time to break down, to break down the final thoughts for the divisional round than right now with a nice, fresh fade. Final thoughts, fresh fade. We're going to be calling this one. Appreciate you all tuning into this one. So, we talked about on Wednesday some early interest, some early stuff. Now I have projections. We have ownership to reference. We have game-by-game notes that will flash on the screen for the YouTube version to break down in detail the top plays on this slate when you factor in a bunch of stuff. And per usual, we will be going position by position. Oh, yes. Yeah, so if you're brand new here, you're about to get smacked around by information per usual. If you're somebody who is normally here already, you already know that that's about to happen. Welcome into the channel. Welcome into the podcast. My name is Sal Vetri. If you don't already know that, if you do, it's nice to have you back here. Make sure you have that like button hit. Make sure you have that subscribe button hit. And the biggest one, the biggest one, if you can screenshot me, start screenshotting me on Twitter at DFS that you have the notification bell put on. So only if you're watching this video or listening to the podcast, you'll have this. If you have the notification bell put on, I want to bump that up and see how that helps the channel out. Bump that up a little bit. It's at like 28, 29% of people have it. Let's see if we can get that closer to like 40, 50%. If you do that, you'll be entered into a raffle for some free merch, whether it's a hoodie, a t-shirt, whatever is down below that you like, you'll get it for free. Free. We're going to be entering in. We're going to be giving out a bunch of stuff in the hoodie store. In the hoodie store, I call it. The merch store down below. You screenshot that. Let me know. I, I, you just do that. It takes two seconds of your time. So I appreciate that. So like, subscribe, that notification bell giveaway that we just made up on the spot right now. Appreciate that. And the sponsor of today's show is Jock Market. Jock Market has been a sponsor of the show, man. I, I fucking love Jock Market. I like the concept of it. Let's pull it up. I got their website up. Uh, so you can check out Jock Market. It is basically a daily fantasy sports meeting a stock exchange. There is concepts to it. You bid, you trade, you win. That's basically it, right? You're buying shares of players for this NFL weekend. And you can buy them for both of the days or the main slate that they will have. They have free contests as well, but you can download it down below in the app store. Totally free. You can go over to their website, check it out, but totally free. And the big thing to know about it, it is daily fantasy sports meeting a stock exchange. So you can now buy value. If you think that there's actually an edge and you want to buy a, a, a stock in this player, nobody's talking about him enough, right? The ownership like we talk about in DFS and we'll talk about it today. You can actually benefit from shorting the market. All these guys that people think are popular, if they don't do well and you get the lower owned guy, they're going to be cheaper on jock market now, right? It's like buying a stock that's undervalued. That shit then shoots right up, return on investment, bam, 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 you win. So if you want to try it out, it's free down below, there's free contests. But if you want to put some money in it and actually have your dollars in stake and put a part of your DFS portfolio, your real life bankroll, your life role that is, into this and have some investment dollars in play, use the promo code SAL20, that is SAL20, again, SAL20, to let them know you came for me they'll give you a $20 credit to have in there as well to play around in the jock market not the stock market the jock market so thank you jock market for again being a proud partner of this channel right here I appreciate you guys a ton and I appreciate it if you guys will check them out so let's start off with the quarterback position and some guys we'll talk about in depth others we won't but we can start off with my two yeses that we talked about on Wednesday still my two yeses today I think that these two guys if you combine them I expect that more than 50% of my ownership or very close to that will be towards these two players now I'll have my final ownership projections rankings all that type of stuff and we'll talk about it on the closing thoughts podcast on patreon on saturday morning so you can be sure to check that out linked down below so you can say exactly how to beat and dominate and beat up on and bully around your opponents this weekend but patrick mahomes this week is going to have a negative 15 percent run blocking advantage so he has an overall number nine offensive line but it's been definitely playing i would say the last couple of weeks and month of the season as a bottom half of the league offensive line because there's been some injuries like to schwartz on the offensive line now cleveland's pass rush has been improving as the year has gone on 29 percent pressure rate that is 11th so far on this season and they are 22nd in coverage look i'm not going to lie to you. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants this weekend. The matchup against Cleveland secondary, this is arguably the worst secondary on the slate. 
it probably is the worst secondary on the slate by a decent margin. They currently rank 25th in terms of how many passing yards they're allowing per game on average this year. They're not facing Patrick Mahomes every week, right? They're not facing a bunch of guys that just go out there and throw for 330 yards and lead the league in passing with 316 yards per game this year. They rank right now giving up 262.5 yards per game. Cleveland, again, that is 25th. Patrick Mahomes, you know what you're getting out of him. But let's talk about a little bit more undercover, right? Let's talk about some of the stuff that you can see on Patreon, a little sneak peek behind the curtain right now. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be coming in. I'm projecting right now as of Thursday afternoon. I'm recording this a little bit earlier than usual instead of Friday morning because I'll be traveling on Friday morning. I have to go home to attend to some personal matters. But Patrick Mahomes, if you want to look on Patreon, is currently my number one projected quarterback. Probably doesn't shock you, but also my number one value quarterback. So that means even factoring in his high price point, he's still too cheap. Patrick Mahomes is the number one value play today. Ah, Sal, value play means that they're $4,000 or $5,000 at the quarterback position. No, 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 no. No, it means point per dollar. How many dollars? How much bang for my buck am I getting? Patrick Mahomes, numero uno on the slate. But that's also going to translate to being the highest own. But I'm not too worried about that. I plan to be getting stacks in every single one of my lineups this weekend. And you might be looking there and saying, but Sal, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are so expensive. Eh, yeah, they are. They're expensive, but there's a lot of value on the slate at any position. Running back, tight end always, wide receiver, loads of value this week. And now you're looking at a spot where maybe Sammy Watkins is going to miss. We don't know yet. He has not practiced on Wednesday. As of the Thursday reports right now, it's leaning that he's not going to be taking practice in a full participation today. So that opens up even more value. And you already have value on this team, right? Whether it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming back this weekend, potentially he's limited right now. Whether it's McCole Harmon stepping into a larger role on this team as he has now ran 22 or more routes in three straight games, something that he had not done basically in a three straight game all season long until the end of the season. So although Mahomes right now is probably going to project out for around 25% projected ownership this weekend, I'm fine with that. I'm fine if I come in with 45 to 55% Patrick Mahomes this weekend, or maybe even more than that. We'll see in the Closing Thoughts podcast. Because stacking this team up and stacking this lineup up is the way that I want to be doing it, right? I want to be stacking up Kansas City. I want to be stacking up uh, Buffalo, Tampa Bay. But stacking up the Kansas City Chiefs is the way that I think you win this week. More times than not. More times than not. It doesn't mean 100% of the time, right? On, a, on an eight-team slate, a four-game slate, if the Kansas City Chiefs stack, it has a 22 to 24, and, and probably it's closer to 20 25 to 28, I would say, percent chance just based on some of the early stuff I was running. Let's just say a 27% chance of winning this late as a top stack and the next closest team is like 15%. Yeah, you're obviously more times than not you should be playing that team. So Patrick Mahomes with his 33, I repeat, 33 implied team total with the best matchup. So we have the best quarterback on the slate, I would say for fantasy purposes, right? In terms of how many times he's throwing per game, leading the slate at 39.2, right? How often he's picking up big yards downfield, leads the slate with 316 yards per game. So you have arguably the best quarterback for fantasy with the best matchup on the slate with by far the highest team total by a touchdown at this point, right? six points. Yeah, I'll be going to Patrick Mahomes this weekend. I'm not too worried about the price tag. There are so many guys to stack him up with. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you probably got to pick one of them. If you want to go for two, you're going to have to find a lot of value at the wide receiver position, which there's a couple of guys to punt with. Otherwise, you have Clyde Edwards Lair, who is cheap. You have McCole Hardman, who is cheap. And if there's no Sammy Watkins, Hardman looks even better. Going to be playing out of the slot. Demarcus Robinson becomes a little bit more of a value. So yes, I do like whoever you want to be putting into a lineup this weekend with Patrick Mahomes on his team, stacking it up with one guy and running it back, right? You want to just go Tyreek and run it back with uh, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. That's fine. Or you want to double stack it? You want to go Travis Kelsey plus Cole Harmon, that seems fine to me as well. I like the Chiefs. I think I made that pretty clear at this point. Patrick Mahomes still looks good, even with this high, quote unquote, high ownership that I personally think is too low. We can go over to Josh Allen now as I flash up some of his metrics on the screen that we were doing for the game by game notes. These are just parts that come out of Patreon. Buffalo will have a negative 14% pass blocking advantage this weekend. That ranks seventh in the NFL in terms of what their offensive line is able to do for protecting Josh Allen. Now, Baltimore's defense, 25th in passers, seventh in overall covered. Now, although Baltimore's passers for most of the year because of injuries and some other stuff was not that great in general, if we're talking about the playoffs, they have the second highest pressure rating in the playoffs right now, only behind the Los Angeles Rams, 31%. Now, Baltimore ranks top six in passing yards allowed, just 217 per game. So this is going to be a much more difficult matchup for Josh Allen, but he has the rushing upside, right? You have just pieces that you can stack together. I'm really a little bit worried about Cole Beasley in the slot against Marlon Humphrey, but you still have Steph Diggs on the outside. I'm fine with that matchup against a Marcus Peters or a Jimmy Smith if he returns. And if you want to just single stack it, 
that's fine. Steph Diggs is very cheap. I'm fine to go right back to the well with John Brown. I know he had zero receptions on four targets last week. Fine to go right back to the well. In a difficult matchup, yes, but there's some stacking potential there at his cheap price point. If you want to go to Dawson Knox, that's fine. If you want to go to Devin Singletary, I don't think there's correlation there, but just to stack it up in general and hope that that's a team that scores 30 plus points with their 26.25 team implied total. Again, that is also fine with me. You can see what he did last weekend on the screen and a bunch of other stats for the season, right? He led all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game from just a, a real life PPR standpoint, not DraftKings. Even DraftKings he led though at 27.73, but just 25.3 in all overall standard league scoring. And a lot of other areas, he was top five. He was top five in touchdowns. He was top five in QBR. He was top five in clean passing, right? I can keep going on and on and on. Rushing stats, he's basically top five or top two or top three in most of those areas. Last week, he ran 11 times. Zach Moss being out will probably lead to more rushing attempts for Devin Singletary, but I would probably think, and especially in the red zone, you're going to see more Josh Allen running the ball there too. 11 for 54 and a touchdown. He had over 300 yards and two touchdowns passing as well. Josh Allen is fine to get to at 7,400. Again, I prefer Patrick Mahomes. I think Josh Allen is the second best quarterback play from everything that I'm seeing right now on the slate this weekend, meaning that I'd probably get him in a good amount of stacks with the Buffalo Bills. Now, if you want to see how much I like Aaron Rodgers in the breakdown there, you can check out the That One Dude video for this week that was posted a little bit earlier than this one, depending on when you're watching it. That was posted on Thursday afternoon. This one will be posted on Friday morning. Now, before getting to my final interest, some of the guys I don't like, I just don't like Drew Brees. I like other guys around him. I'd rather go to Baker Mayfield for $300 less. If you wanted to go to a punt option, a cheap option, I think there's enough value at the wide receiver, tight end spot, even the running back spot that I don't really have to go over to like a Baker Mayfield this week, who I think looks decent from a point per dollar projection, but overall point projection, my second lowest only ahead of Jared Goff. Now the point per dollar value looks great, but overall the projection upside is not going to be there as much. So Tom Brady's fine just because of the stacking options, right? I think Tom Brady, he throws a lot, right? That's been proven second most on the slate this year. He has the second most passing yards per game at 290 per game. So it's just looking for volume there. I don't care if he's not efficient. If he throws 45 times and goes for 300 yards, that's all I need. I don't need him to get the 300 yards on 34 pass attempts. I want to see the volume here and all season long, very similar to Patrick Holmes. You're getting that volume out of Tom Brady. And now you're starting to see connection downfield with Antonio Brown. Now you're starting to see Cam break the tight end to get involved a lot more and run a lot of routes these past couple of weeks. So there's just so many options here and none of them are all that expensive. Really look at it. You have Mike Evans, who I'm not even that enamored with, but still has been playing very fine, especially who was banged up last week. You have Chris Goblin still. All these guys are cheap. Antonio Brown is still in the 5K range, right? At this point, you have any options you want to choose from. So Tom Brady's more of a play. Projection looks decent, but because of the stacking options, I feel better about Tom Brady's stacking options than Lamar Jackson, than Drew Brees, than Baker Mayfield, and then Jared Goff. At the end of the day, Brady's projection is a little bit better than all those other guys. It's less than Lamar Jackson, but because of the price point, we're taking that into account and the stacking options, I'm going with Brady over Mr. Lamar, Drew Brees, Baker, and Goff. So basically right now, I would say that a 3A, 3B option is Tom Brady and Rodgers. If you're trying to get ownership for the quarterbacks this week, you can check out Patreon down below, but I can tell you that you're going to see a good amount of ownership on Patrick Mahomes. And based on the That One Dude video, not to spoil anything, but Aaron Rodgers is definitely going lower owned this week. Now, maybe for some good reasons, but you can tune into that video to see exactly how I feel about it and why I feel that way. Let's talk running backs now, and now let's talk running back ownership. The running back ownership has changed since we talked on Wednesday, and that makes a lot of sense because more content is out, more people are building lineups now. Alvin Kamara, that hasn't changed. He's still going to be highly owned. Cam Akers, these guys are going to be highly owned. But some of the things that have picked up, you're going to have Clyde edwards Slayer being maybe, maybe, maybe the highest owned running back this week. I still think it'll be Kamara, but Clyde edwards Slayer, as he has now practiced the first day of the week on Wednesday, he got a limited practice in. So that was very encouraging for his odds of playing this weekend. They say Andy Reid has already said that he expects him to be able to play, but they're going to monitor it throughout the week. That's very encouraging. They have not really done anything with Le'Veon Bell or Darrell Williams these past couple of weeks without Clyde edwards Slayer, and Clyde edwards Slayer was kind of picking up steam towards the end of the season, if you will. He was running more routes, getting more volume in the passing game, finding more usage in the red zone. He's questionable with an ankle injury. He's going to have a positive 5% run blocking advantage this week, and this Chiefs offensive line for run blocking, as you can see on the screen, ranks 11th overall in the NFL. Now, the Browns run defense, 
18th and they're 11th in tackling. They allow right now the ninth, the ninth fewest yards per game, 107.4. So this run defense has been pretty quality, but we're really not playing Clyde Edwards-Alaire for the run defense. As you can see on the screen right now, we're really playing him for what he can do in the passing game, right? Even though he missed a couple of games, you basically got 300 receiving yards out of him and what you were getting was 8.2 yards per reception. You're seeing right around a virtual tie with Aaron Jones for the second most targets on the slate, right around four to four and a half. If you take out the game where he actually got hurt in, it would be closer to about four and a half to five, the second most only behind Alvin Kamara. So why are people playing him? He's just dirt cheap. That's as simple as it gets. He's dirt cheap. And if you're somebody who's thinking about game theory and stacking reasons, well, bada bing, bada bang, baby. You can now put him in the lineup with the GOAT himself that we were just talking about, this God among men, and that is Patrick Mahomes. So for a team that's projected to score damn near, damn near five touchdowns this week, 33 implied team total, by far the highest on the slate by any other team. Yes, if you get the running back on that team, so far in Chiefs offenses coming into this season, 1.7 touchdowns per game for Chiefs running backs under Patrick Mahomes. Yes, just taking into account those odds that Clyde Edwards-Slayer falls into the end zone, taking into account what he can do in the passing game and his routes run, it makes him look good. So now with the ownership coming in, do I still like him? you damn right I do because I'm going to have him in my stacks and I'm going to get a good amount of him. So Alvin Kamara is going to be highly owned like he should be. He's on a different planet, a different tier on this slate, $1,100 more. But Clyde Edwards Slayer for me, I'm going to be fine eating that ownership as well. On Wednesday, we talked about my concerns for the Cam Akers ownership and the Cam Akers chalk. These are a lot of pass catching running backs, right? Clyde Edwards Slayer, Kamara, I think Cam Akers actually has that ability as well. And yes, there is still some concern there. The ownership has come down a little bit to the point where he might be lower owned now than Clyde Edwards Slayer, but I'm still not going to be somebody that is trying to be all enamored with Cam Akers. I know how good he was last week. I know that the narrative this week will be the Packers run defense is terrible. It's so bad. When the real facts are that it's kind of an average run defense now, right? Like this is not the same run defense, which was probably bottom two in the NFL last year when they faced the 49ers and got steamrolled in the playoffs. This is not that same team that was in the conference championship, letting Raheem Mostert run all the way on them all the way to the Super Bowl. No, this is a team that currently ranks 16th in run defense. That is the definition of average, middle of the pack. They rank 23rd in tackling. That's not that great. But then they rank 13th in yards allowed on the ground this year, meaning the top half of the league. They're not below average. They're above average in limiting rushing yards against them. Now you can say a lot of that is because they're leading in a lot of these games. They're scoring over 30 points per game, the number one offense in the NFL during the regular season. And that does make a lot of sense. But newsflash, they are seven point favorites in this one as well. So what's going to be changing at least more times than not in this game? So a 112.8 yards per game is what they've allowed on the ground. I think Cam Akers is a fantastic player. I think he should be a definite top two pick next year unless some news breaks over the offseason. But for this week, if he's going to be coming in with similar ownership as a running back who has almost double, double, right? You have like an 18 implied team total in a lot of spots, 18 and a half for this Cam Akers in Los Angeles Rams team. And then in some spots, it's 33 and a half for the Kansas City Chiefs. So almost double is the Chiefs team total right now. You're not going to be going to Clyde Edwards Lair there, right? And you're going to be going for Cam Akers, who's going to be playing as an underdog, might see less touches in this game. That's my concern for Cam Akers. That's my two cents on it this week. I think you're getting good usage out of him. Like you saw last week, 30 overall touches for over 175 yards in that touchdown. This is a new week, though. This is a different opponent. And I'm not too sure I want to be following that ownership. You're going to get Devin Singletary with a good amount of ownership. There's not going to be any Zach Moss this week. So Devin Singletary should be seeing a lot of the usage. Can't fault you if you want to go there. Zach Moss out for the playoffs with an ankle injury. The Bills have a positive 14% run blocking advantage this week. And currently what you're getting against them is the Ravens that rank 15th in run defense, allowing 105 yards per game. It's been a pretty good team in terms of limiting the opponent's running backs in terms of how many yards that they can get against them. Very quietly, Devin Singletary this year in limited touches has actually been an efficient back. He is 12th out of all running backs in the NFL. Little Devin Singletary in the split backfield all year. And the three out of backfield, if you want to count Josh Allen, is 12th in yards created this season. And he's actually 16th in receptions. And that's for a running back that's splitting a backfield, 38 receptions this year. So if Devin Singletary starts to run more routes, ran 28 last week, and I think you're probably going to see a decent amount this week, he looks like a strong option at 4,500. Now he's also going to be picking up ownership. Those running backs that we've already talked about are the guys that probably pick up the most ownership. Aaron Jones' ownership is 
just kind of skyrocketed as of late, but I'm still fine getting there as I trust not only on the ground for Aaron Jones against a good run defense in the Rams who rank top five in run defense right now, but I trust that Aaron Jones is going to be heavily schemed into the passing game, whether it's out of the backfield or spread out wide like he has done a couple of times and a decent amount of times this year in a lot of games, spread out wide against the linebacker because Aaron Jones is going to be a key piece to this offense in the passing game. Devontae Adams versus Ramsey, I think that's fine for Devontae Adams, but it's still a difficult matchup. We cannot deny that. In the slot, Alan Lazard versus Troy Hill is going to be difficult, right? That's going to be difficult. And on the outside, MVS versus Darius Williams is going to be difficult, especially when you take into account the safeties, the safeties for the Rams. So I do think they'll have to scheme in Robert Tony on a decent amount, the tight end. I think they'll have to scheme in Aaron Jones, which makes him a little bit more appealing at this $4,800 price tag. Now, if you want to know more about what I think about Nick Chubb and these Browns running back, and especially Kareem Hunt, you can check out the That One Do video as well. That's to close the door right here. I don't have much interest in J.K. Dobbins. If you want to get there, that's fine. I think he's overpriced. He's not going to be picking up all that much ownership. I don't have that much interest in Ronald Jones, who probably comes in with a little bit lower ownership, but I think I prefer Kareem Hunt in that lower ownership range. So if you want all the ownership numbers for all these positions and all these players, projections, rankings, my full on what I'll be doing with my exposures, my lineups, where I'm going with all that type of stuff, what the game theory is, and we can break that down. You can check it out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. We now move along into and hit the like and subscribe and do all those things. And again, if you screenshot that you are having notification bell on and you send that to me via Twitter at DFS, just tag me in that. I'll open up my mentions so I can actually see them the next couple of days. You will be entered into a raffle to be winning yourself some merch. So I appreciate that in advance. Let's get that now into the wide receiver position. So the wide receiver position loaded with a bunch of guys, right? Up top, you're going to see Stefan Diggs picking up a lot of ownership. You're going to see all the expensive guys, right? Because you have value running backs. You have all value tight ends if you don't play Travis Kelsey. And then at the wide receiver position itself, it's just loaded with five and six K value, let alone the four and three K range having some options as well. So yes, these pay up wide receivers are going to be owned. All these guys, right? Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Michael Thompson, Steph Diggs, all the pay up wide receivers on this slate are going to be owned at a decent clip. I like all of them. I think they're all in play. I touched on it on a Wednesday and my thoughts have not changed. I think that Steph Diggs and Michael Thomas are your best options. He's going to be questionable with an oblique injury. Steph Diggs, this is not a new injury. So it's something he's been dealing with and was able to go for over hundred yards in a touchdown last week with it. He'll likely see Marcus Peters this week, as you can see on the screen right now, who he has a positive, a positive 33% matchup against this year. Now, Steph Diggs also lines up in the slot 32% of the time, out left 30% of the time. So he'll be seeing every single one of these cornerbacks, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphreys. So I know I'll get the question a lot this week in comments and stuff like that. Hey, Sal, but what's the one-on-one matchup for Diggs? And what is it? He, he Honestly, it's probably going to be the matchup maybe 35, 40% of the time against the Marcus Peters, but more times than not, he'll see each one of these guys who are about even in the game. So there's no shadow matchup on Steph Diggs this weekend. Steph Diggs in the regular season led the league in targets, in receptions, in yards. He was a motherfucking beast on a 29.2% target share, third in the NFL and a 19% red zone target share. I don't think his beasting is going to be stopping this week anytime soon. He is way too cheap as the third highest priced wide receiver this week. I think that's a mistake. I think he should probably be right up there. If not, even if he's still the third price, he should be right up there tied or right next to Tyreek Hill's price point. So yes, Steph Diggs is just way too cheap. I think he's fine. He's going to be the highest owned guy, but all those guys up there, right? Basically from Devontae Adams to Steph Diggs, probably coming with similar ownership. I think that Jalen Ramsey and the hype on Jalen Ramsey drops Devontae Adams ownership, maybe to like 22%. All these other guys are going to be around 25, 26% on maybe a little bit higher, depending on your contest. Michael Thomas is also a yes, and he's going to be having a positive, a positive 46% matchup against Carlton Davis. He has had a 28% target chairman actually healthy this year and a 27%, which is crazy, actually leads the NFL or second only behind Devontae Adams, 27% red zone target share for Michael Thomas. Limited sample, but still motherfucking good. Eight targets per game is what you're getting right now out of him. 
him. And what you're seeing is the second best true catch rate in the league because you get Drew Brees to Michael Thomas always being something that is going to be a, a very high efficiency play. Last week, he had his first touchdown of the year. Michael Thomas is fine, right? Michael Thomas as a one-off is a very cheap option. I still don't know how he's just this cheap at $6,700. This is a guy who last year was $10,000 and yes, he was healthier and having a historic season, but still he's probably $1,000 too cheap. And so is Steph Diggs in my opinion. So those guys look good. Jarvis Landry mainly as a runback option this week. Now, what is the matchup going to look like for Jarvis Landry this week? Well, you're probably going to be seeing a decent matchup in the slot against Snead, who was a positive 7% matchup for Landry. Landry last week had five catches on eight targets, 92 yards, and a good old tutty. And he's been strong this year, right? He's borderline top 15 in yards per route run. He's borderline top 10 in red zone targets. He's been very good from a contested catch standpoint, the sixth overall wide receiver in the NFL in contested catches. So Jarvis Landry, especially towards the second half of the season, came on in a major way. The problem with Jarvis Landry is even if he's a runback option, he's picking up ownership. And he should be because he's too cheap. He's still too cheap. He's been doing this for now like five or six straight weeks, actually putting up productive scores, finding the end zone in the second half of the season. And the price points come up like $200 now at $5,600. So people are onto it. It could be, right? As he is a yes right here, he's mainly a yes for runbacks. If you don't have a Patrick Mahomes stack or a Baker Mayfield stack, I'm probably not playing Jarvis Landry in any of my lineups this week. Next up is somebody that you have to keep an eye out for because the reports are kind of misleading right now. On Wednesday, he didn't practice. On Thursday, he got in some work and it's Cooper Cup at $5,300. The problem is that they said that he's going to be ready to go, right? He, he's all good. He's all set to go. They said that on Tuesday. Now he's not practicing. Now they're saying they want him to gut it out. So you can get more information on my thoughts on Cooper Cup in the That One Dude video. Just know that as of right now, unless news changes that he's going to be 50% for this game, as of right now, I still think he is one of my priority plays this weekend. Now, this next man is a guy that I really just don't understand. I don't understand why the ownership is low. I don't understand why his price point is low. I don't understand a lot about what's happening here. And it's Mr. Antonio Brown at just 54 fucking hundred dollars. What is happening here? He has a positive 46%, a top three matchup this entire weekend, according to Pro Football Focus against Janoris Jenkins, right? Last week, he puts up two catches on three targets, 49 yards and a tutty. In a very difficult matchup against that secondary, he still finds the end zone. This has now been big plays that we've seen out of Antonio Brown basically every single week for the past month. He finished the season off in a very easy matchup against Atlanta with a massive week. And now he's probably going to get to avoid Marshawn Lattimore, who usually full on shadows in a very successful way, I should add, Mr. Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now you get Antonio Brown against Janoris Jenkins, who is honestly not good in my opinion. Antonio Brown, who's shown burst lately, and now Tom Brady throwing deeper than he ever has, number one in the NFL in deep attempts this year, throwing basically like 40 times a game to this point. I like this a lot for Antonio Brown. What did he, what did he do in the regular season? A 20% target share on 7.6 targets per game? Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Almost six receptions per game he had. He scored almost 15 fantasy points per game coming into the season midway through the year. He was fifth in true catch rate as well, 95.7%. Antonio Brown at $5,400. I played him these last couple of weeks. Last week wasn't anything fantastic. He gets you like, what, 13 fantasy points, but still. He's been good. He's finding the end zone. He's converting on these deep plays and Brady is trusting him. Antonio Brown at just $5,400 is mind-boggling to me, especially when you factor in that he's going to probably be for a four-game slate under-owned, lower than average ownership the wide receiver position for how much upside he will have and how good this motherfucking matchup is. Next up is Mr. McCole Hartman. If you want more interest on McCole Hartman, check out the That One Dude video as well. He is the one $3,000 player. There's a couple of them on the slate. Donovan Peoples-Jones we can talk about as well from the Cleveland Browns, but he's going to be the one $3,000 player that I feel the best about. Cole Beasley, I've kind of discussed my concern about facing Marlon Humphreys in the slot. He's already dealing with this knee injury. Now Marlon Humphreys in the slot is going to be concerned as well. Cole Beasley has been fantastic. Number one out of the slot in contested catch rate so far this season. He's averaging close to 14 fantasy points per game. That's including leaving a game early on a 20% target share. That 20% target share led to 82 receptions this year. Cole Beasley is still cheap enough, right? So if you already have a Steph Diggs in the lineup and you want to be getting another piece from this Buffalo game in there, maybe it's Devin Singletary, to be honest with you, but I'm not totally against Cole Beasley. He's not a 0% not in my player pool right now. I'm a little bit concerned. Definitely not concerned with the price point. His projection looks pretty damn good. If I peek over on Patreon right now, Cole Beasley, if I rank this by overall value, Cole Beasley currently ranks out as my number six point per dollar value at 12.9 
fantasy projection. The concern is just what this matchup is. He doesn't move around the field all that much. He mainly is going to primarily stay in the slot. And the ownership's not crazy, but it's still going to be coming in probably around average or slightly above average. So I can maybe hesitate on Cole Beasley, and I can go to guys in that price range, like an Antonio Brown for $500 more, like a Cooper Cup as long as he's healthy for $400 more as of right now. We haven't talked much about Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. I think Devontae Adams is still fine. I don't have to get into it. We talked a lot on Wednesday about him in this matchup and how much I actually don't buy into the hype of the one-on-one matchup against Ramsey and that shutting down Adams. I think I'm worried more about these other Packers receivers, which is why I think Aaron Jones gets involved. Robert Tonyan gets involved a little bit more than usual. And maybe some other random names on the team like St. Brown, Mercedes Lewis might have a catch or two more, right? Some other guys in this team. But Devontae Adams, he's fine if you're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers stacks at $8,600. I just prefer Diggs, Michael Thomas. Same analysis for Tyreek Hill. If you're playing Patrick Mahomes, yeah, I'm fine to get to Tyreek Hill. This match for Tyreek Hill can actually be a 40 burger. It's that good. So trying to prioritize Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it becomes difficult. So having lineups with Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, if he's active, things like that. I want to spend a little bit of time on John Brown because John Brown laid a goose egg last week and he hurt a lot of my lineups and that's probably going to result in low ownership. Now, I don't think it'll be like single digit ownership, but I'm projecting right now around 12% ownership for John Brown. He'll likely see Jimmy Smith, which should probably be a neutral matchup since Jimmy Smith is dealing with some injuries this year and you got a zero last week, but John Brown, when he's actually been healthy this season, has been good. He starts to run 30 plus routes. He starts to see seven or eight targets. This season, he's seen a 17% target share and about six targets per game, but he's left a couple of those games a little bit banged up. Really, when he plays a fully healthy game, he's seeing about seven to seven and a half targets per game. So John Brown, to me, is somebody who might go a little bit under the radar. He'll definitely come in lower owned than Cole Beasley, and Cole Beasley is probably going to have the more difficult matchup this week. Coming off of a zero, I get it. You don't want to play the guy, but don't be kicking yourself in the second half of the Bills game if John Brown has like a seven catch, 70 yard, and a touchdown performance at this very, very low price point, and you didn't play him only because of the previous week to that. I think both of these other guys for Tampa Bay are in play this week. If we want to just talk about guys that I think are a little bit lower owned, that's where the that one dude video comes into play, but there's some other guys for sure, like Alan Lazard is not a brutal matchup in the slot against Troy Hill. I think he's going to come in a little bit low owned. I am still concerned that in this offseason, you might hear some news that this core muscle injury that Alan Lazard had surgery on and came back pretty damn quick in like five and a half weeks. He came, he started practicing like four weeks later, came back to the games about six weeks later. He has this abdominal injury still, and he's questionable with that. I think it is limiting him. He has not really played a full role in this team yet in terms of routes run, and he's been nowhere near the same player that he was to end out last year and for the first month of the season this year. So that's my one concern out of him. He's only seeing about three receptions per game on a 15% target share this year. So although I think they might have to use some more of their guys, that's why I continue to say Robert Tonyan, Aaron Jones, and some randoms like a Tavon Austin and a St. Brown might get a little bit more involved. The ball might be spread around a lot more in this game. If you're looking for a bounce back candidate, another bounce back candidate that is definitely going to be cheap and probably doesn't pick up all that much ownership, average ownership at best. I do think that you're looking at Rashad Higgins here. Rashad Higgins last week, look, there's the running backs doing their thing, right? Kareem Hunt, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb had two touchdowns as well. It's just the running backs doing their thing in that game. You had an early touchdown from Jarvis Landry, a defensive score in that game as well by Cleveland. It was tough for any of the wide receivers in the second half to do anything because Baker didn't have to throw. Baker was up 28-0 after one quarter. It'll be maybe a slightly difficult matchup. You can see on the screen right now for Rashad Higgins, a minus 4% matchup advantage against Mr. Brashad Breeland. So I'm not too worried about that. He's also going to line up right now on the right side of the field, 37% of the time, 43% on the left. So he'll also see Mr. Ward as well. So what you're getting right now is the number five fantasy points per target this year. That's very sneaky for Rashad Higgins, very efficient. 2.33 fantasy points per target. And this is a guy dating back to Baker's rookie year. When Baker was a rookie, Higgins was still on this team and Higgins was his number one option. They were like hanging out in the locker rooms. So these guys are close together. Now, obviously they're all teammates they're in the playoffs in the second round. They're all going to be close. But Rashad Higgins has a special chemistry that goes pretty far back, more so than these other guys in this 
team with Baker Mayfield. Higgins is also second in the NFL in the regular season in yards per target at 11.5, and he was 12th in yards per reception at 16.2. Higgins right now for me at $4,100. If you don't want to go for the boomer bust upside of McCole Harbin, Higgins is like the safer, quote unquote, safer play in that low 4K range and 3K range at the wide receiver position. He's arguably my favorite play in that range. It's a 1A, 1B right now with McCole Harbin. At $3,000 flat, if you're just trying to punt and, and you don't care if that guy only gets you five or six points and you're hoping it allows you to pay up for some other guys, Donovan People Jones, the rookie, he's going to be all over the field. He lines up in all spots, 35% in the slot, 31% on the left side, 33% on the right side. You can see right here. So he'll be seeing all these cornerbacks. There's not one single guy this season. He was decent during the regular season, 2.82 fantasy points per target on a very limited sample. He thrived off the big plays, 15.2 yards per reception. He's not projecting out great for me. He's just not going to be owned, right? He's currently coming in with like 3% ownership, 2% ownership. So they're looking for that big play, which it could be there if they have to play from behind and Baker's forced to throw 40 to 45 times in this game. So that is the wide receiver position. Let us now close it up at the tight end position. The tight end position, it's advanced a little bit, right? Let me fix the screen here for you all, but it has advanced a little bit so far. It was just the other day. All I want to do is play Travis Kelsey. That is still true. Travis Kelsey has the number one matchup advantage. So so this is what you get this week. This is why I think that the Chiefs are just going to dominate because, well, I mean, the total, everybody thinks that, sure, but only 25% owned for Patrick Mahomes. If full-on game stacks are only like 5% on this week, that's pretty fucking crazy to me because Travis Kelsey has the number one matchup for any tight ends. Tyreek Hill is the number one matchup for any wide receivers. And oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the number one matchup for any single quarterback. So all those things are going to line up to maybe, maybe five or six touchdowns in this game for this team. So yes, Travis Kelsey at $7,800. He's clearly in play. A positive 45% matchup against Malcolm Smith is just going to be way too easy. Pick the metric and he's going to be top two in it or top three, or if not number one overall, right? Yards per out run, number two. That's an efficiency metric. Right now, yards after the catch for tight ends, number two. Fantasy points per game, 20.7 by far, by far, number one. A lot of stats on the screen you can see right now. I think Travis Kelsey is fine. If you're not going to play Travis Kelsey, I've talked about it this week. Austin Hooper, I think is a pretty solid option. He'll have a positive 8% matchup against Damian Wilson. And what you're going to be getting was last Last week, 11 targets, a team high 11 targets for Mr. Austin Hooper, seven catches, 46 yards and a touchdown. He seems to be the security blanket for Baker Mayfield more so, more so than even a Jarvis Landry. If he's not dealing with his appendix erupting and he's healthy out there, he's actually seeing a decent amount of targets and he's been good so far this season running a lot of routes. I think he grades out as a pretty quality option and he allows you to get a cheap tight end, right? Just $3,800 in there. So if you wanted to stack up Kansas City and run it back, Austin Hooper would be your option. The rest of these guys, if you want more of a breakdown on Rob Gronkowski, you can look at the That One Dude video. Robert Tony on if you're picking between another one of these guys, I think would be my next favorite option. He grades out pretty nicely for me. So point per dollar wise, he grades out nicely. Mark Andrews looks fine, but I'd rather get the savings of $800 on Tonyan when I think they're going to have to scheme him more into the game. Robert Tonyan leads all NFL tight ends. Every single NFL tight end this season, an overall catch rate at 88.1%. Why is that so high? Well, Aaron Rodgers is motherfucking accurate. But number two, he leads all tight ends in separation. So he's got about a three yards of separation between him and the next defender every single time that he's catching the ball. So it's just a lot easier to make the catches. You don't have to have as many contested catches out there. I expect them to try and scheme a lot more for Robert Tonyan in the middle of the field and in the red zone with a lot of attention on Devontae Adams this week. So Tonyan at $4,200 also looks pretty solid. He's the closest tight end that's currently a maybe for me if you're watching in the video version that could turn into a yes. Thank you for tuning into the final thoughts video. This is a fun week. We're going to be having championships Sunday next week and then the Super Bowl in a couple weeks, but a lot of content coming out on this channel. Starting next Thursday, we will have a weekly MMA video with an expert guest coming on the show to be breaking that down for you. NBA videos will be continuing to come out in live streams almost daily at this point, especially as the NFL winds down and then a PGA content throughout the week. So a lot of content on this channel still, even as the NFL winds down, please do hit the like and subscribe that notification bell giveaway as well. If you want to get into that one, follow me on Twitter at Sal DFS and Instagram Sal underscore Vetri. Check out Patreon down below for projections, rankings, game by game notes, ownership on a bunch of different sports and the NFL, even more stuff as well. You can check it all out down below to get access to all that and schmack around your opponents a little bit more support the sponsors of the show. Jock market. Any questions on jock market? There's some tutorial and helpful videos for jock market that they currently have on their 
their app, on their website. That's linked down below. And that could also help to answer some questions. It is a ton of fun. If you have any idea and hey, you have any money in the stock market or you have interest in the stock market, well, it's going to be something that you're really going to like. But even if you don't, even if you want to learn a little bit more about how can I buy shares in players that is similar to the stock market, but hey, I know fantasy sports. I at least know these players' names. I know nothing about these companies in the stock market. I feel like I have a little bit of an edge here, which I think you do. More information, the better. The more information you have, the better your decision making. Well, then check out Jock Market. Promo code SAL20, SAL20, will get you a $20 credit when you sign up. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate you all tuning in, and I'll see you all in the next one.